after the timeout. Holden will now try again. A 42-yard field goal out of the hold of Austin Fisher. There's the snap and hold. Kick on the way by Benton. And over end. And it is good! Six. Marching Murdoch. In motion. He's got the football now. This is Down the Pipe and Natty Light. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Down the Pipe and Natty Light. As always, I'm your host, Levi Stevenson, joined once again by my friends, Cole Nedden and Marchie Murdoch, the all-time leading scorer at Iowa State, Cole Nedden and Marchie Murdoch. How's it going, guys? (laughs) Real good, man. Great. Real good. (laughs) I'm doing great, man. <laughs> That's good to hear, man. It's it's a good time. It's, we've been off for a few weeks. You know, I was gone in Oregon for a couple of weeks, and we were all doing our own thing. But now we're finally back and here to do a spring football preview for Iowa State. Um, but you know, we got to, we got to thinking about this, and you know, we like to think we're fairly plugged in, but we really we really wanted to get an expert opinion on Iowa State football, and get someone that really knows his stuff for the for the spring football. So. uh we wanted to bring in uh, head coach Matt Campbell. How's it going, Matt? Uh, I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. So I can I confess I've got a million and a half questions I had written down that I wanted to ask you, but we'll try to trim it down as best we can. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, you know, obviously this is a pretty pretty exciting time to be a cyclone. I'm a lifelong one, grew up in Eastern Eye, the heart of heart of hot country over here. So I had to dig my way out of the trenches to get over to where I'm at now. <laughs> but <laughs> um, So we'll start off with a, with a quick, quick and easy one. This, since this has kind of been around the longest, the, 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 the idea of having black uniforms would have been heresy to Iowa state fans like five years ago. And now it, everyone's fully embraced. I'm wearing a black hoodie right now. What that was that like a spur of the moment thing It's just like, you know what? We need a black uniform. We're getting it. We got the opportunity. How'd that, how'd that come about? Yeah, you know, I, I think for from our end is, you know, we as our program started to grow, you, you wanted to bring some, you know, some excitement in something different. You know, I, I felt like, you know, from a traditional standpoint of things, we were starting to to create some, I think some some foundational tra- tradition about our program, where we were going, and you know, I, I felt like, you know, in college, we we were part of a really successful football program and kind of had like some big game jerseys, some ring game uniforms yeah. when you put those out, it meant something. And, you know, I, I think that was really kind of the thought process behind it. And, you know, really talked a lot about, you know, even with our players about how do you, how do you create some excitement, some energy around, you know, Marchie can tell you this, man, if you look good, you play good, you know, and, and the matter of it is how could you engage our, our guys, our players and, and kind of what they wanted as well. So, you know, it was really, uh, I think, a collective process of how we got there. But, uh, you know, they've looked sharp. And, you know, as you can tell, I've got, you know, I got my yeah. game gear on, too. So, you know, you've I, always I, got black on during the game to remind myself it's game day. Yeah. Well, quick <laughs> yes, follow up question. Is there any chance that we can wear black versus Iowa this year to troll them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Levi, I haven't even gotten there yet. You know, I, I, I Fair enough. I, my mind hasn't even gotten there yet, but uh, you know, that, I think that that's one of the thought processes from our end about you know it, it, it means something to wear those uniforms, and it certainly meant something when we brought those uniforms out. So that's been a real positive. Yes, sir, my guy, coach. So I got a question. Um, I know how competitive you are, and how everybody in that building is. Uh, 
And for me, when I was playing losses, they stung and it, it honestly, it took me a while. Uh, obviously you remember, you know, my senior year when we played Iowa at home in the overtime game, how, how uh, tough a game that was. And then Kansas state on the road, how tough of a game that was. You played in the big Twelve championship or we played in the big Twelve championship this past year. How, how long did it take for you to basically kind of get over that loss and kind of flip the switch on to, you know, end up playing Oregon? Yeah. You know, I, I think March, you know, from, from our end, I think one of the things that we've been able to do, you know, really since really since Cole through you to where we're at today is I think we've had enough humility that when we've had tough losses and tough situations, we've been able to at least have the courage to understand why some of those things have occurred and then correct those mistakes and move ourselves forward. And I think that's why our program has been able to get better and continue to grow rather than, you know, plateau or decline, you know, and and I, I think, you know, as gut wrenching of being 31 yards short in the, the big 12 championship game was, you know, there was also some, I think some, for me, there were some great pride factors in terms of how we played the circumstances of not playing our best early and the character of fighting back and giving ourselves a chance to win the game. And, you know, I think we learned a lot in that football game and, you know, I, I, it was hard for probably the next, you know, 40 or 48 to 72 hours of just really, you know, reflecting on that. And as you know, me, there's probably been a lot of time and reflection on that since even the Fiesta Bowl. But I, I, I really feel like in this program, unfortunately, with no roadmap, you have to go through every experience. And, you know, sometimes you got to fail through it to learn from it. And then you got to be willing to learn from it and grow from it. And, and so, you know, I, I think I, I put a great parallel playing Notre Dame, you know, two years ago and not playing great. And, and you know, obviously how that season ended and learning a lot from that, I thought really was a catapult, you know, catapulted us into this past season. And, you know, then you get into the Fiesta Bowl. You know, we've been in that big game bowl game experience, you know, we, we didn't have the success we wanted to have. And now how do you prepare for it? How do you learn from it? And how is the stage not too big? And, you know, so I think we, we've really took all those experiences. We've learned from them. We've grown from them. And that's, that's myself included. You know, that's not just the players. That's me as the head football coach. That's our assistant coaches and our players of, man, where could we have been better? Where did we not, what, what didn't allow us to be our best? ourselves forward but you know I I can't tell you that man it didn't sting losing that game and there's certain certain thoughts behind it but you know I, I thought the true courage of our team showed in that game and the character of where this program is and I thought how we had the ability to rebound and play in the Fiesta Bowl I thought was a great indicator of where this program's come and, and really where we're at as a football program right now. So you mentioned, you know, after the Camping World Bowl, having, you know, quite a few lessons to take away from that after having maybe not the game you were hoping for. But then obviously that happens right before this whole COVID thing. How do you, you know, you have, that's a, there's a lot of lessons to learn from the, from just from the football side of it. And then all the lessons you learn from the COVID, how do you, how do you manage having to learn all that stuff? So you're not getting to one place or the other, trying to manage all these different new circumstances and really managing that that learning curve so that nobody's getting overwhelmed, but you're making good progress. 
Yeah, you know, I, I, that's a great question. You know, I, I really felt like at the end of the 19 season, um, you know, uh, again, I, I thought I thought for me as a head football coach, culturally, I think maybe we, we got a little skewed, you know, where we were and where we were. The Kansas State game to finish off the season maybe was as poorly as I thought we had played. And a lot of that is attributed to myself and some of the areas where I really just felt like we were off kilter. And, you know, it took a really great meeting with some of our players and the leadership of our team to kind of like, man, love airing of where are we, where do we need to go and how do we need to get ourselves right in And even though it was a really tough loss in that Notre Dame game, I think if you go back and study the film, we played like Iowa State football, though. We played hard. Our kids played tough. That was a really good Notre Dame team. And I really felt like we had kind of got the arrow going back in the right direction, you know, leaving that Camping World Bowl. And I'd also, there were some areas that I needed to continue to get aligned to get ourselves right. You know, I, I think for me, after every season, there's a personal reflection of how do we align our culture? You know, and I think Cole would tell you, you know, I remember we, Cole and I had great conversations early on here. It was all about alignment. How did we, how could we align Iowa State football to go in the right direction? And, you know, every year I think it's really important that you start over. You know, you, you, you learn your lessons, you align it going forward, and you, you, take a, you take a big picture look of where is this team? Where do we need to go? What are the challenges coming at it? And then, then you zoom focus in on the current, you know, the current day and the current week. And, and, you know, you talk about the process. That is the process. It's zoom focus and the ability to get better one day at a time. But I think for, in my position, you have to have a global view of where are you, where are you going? And then you have to have the courage to make the right decisions for the betterment of the program and the team to get the program and the team going in the right direction. And, um, you know, and so, you know, I thought last year was fascinating because, I really felt we were on a great path. And then, like you said, the world stops, you know, for, for three months. And, you know, in some way, shape and form, I thought even for my own growth as the head football coach, probably one of the greatest times in my life in terms of the ability for me to grow. Because I think, you know, you got to remember, I, I, I got named a head football coach at a really young age, you know, and, and for me, for the past 10 years, I feel like things have gone, been going in fast forward. And for the first time ever, I felt like it, it really slowed down and allowed me to reflect on not only our current program, but but what do you as Matt Campbell believe in as a head football coach? What are you really trying to build? What is your purpose? And, and you know, how do you do a great job of serving the players and coaches in your football program to become the best version of itself it can be? And so I, I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, we were all able to grow from, you know, some really tough circumstances during that pandemic and come back not only myself, but our staff. And I really think our kids, we came back better for it. And I, I, that's probably the proudest, um, you know, that I could have been of, of how we responded to those circumstances, quite honestly. And, you know, obviously I think it helped us really grow through the season as well. So at the beginning of the last season, one of the, one of the kind of the staffing changes you made that, that really caught my eye, I was bringing on Dave Andrews uh, as a strength and conditioning coach. What impact has he had? You know, obviously he's he helped with the offseason training program with a bunch of guys working out in the backyards and whatever it is. And then, you know, how does, you know, getting through that and then working into now now where he's got guys in the weight room and he can work with them. What's what impact you have you seen from him so far? Yeah, you know, I, I think I don't know if we would have been able to, you know, 
both Coach Andrews and his staff in, you know, Margie, you know, Freddie and obviously Coach Andrews and, and then obviously keeping some of the core guys, even within our own staff, that's helped build what we've been able to do as well over the last four years. I don't think we were way off off margin, but I do think there were areas where it was really important for growth to continue to occur as we were growing as a program. And again, it comes back to serving our student athletes the absolute best way we possibly can to become the best version of ourselves they can be. And I don't know if we would have been able to have as much success in terms of the mission of love, care, serve your players through really hard times, you know, without the, you know, without Coach Andrews' leadership, without Freddie Walker's leadership, you know, we got Trevor Ryan, as Cole Nettin knows, back a part of our program, and Marchie knows, you know, and to have those guys join, you know, Greg Pazinski, who does a great job, and, and Coach Gio, who's done a great job for us, the, the, the heart and character of that group, as well as what's going on with our coaching staff, they did an incredible job during quarantine, you know, just staying in touch with our players. You know, one of our goals was to have a daily touch point with our football players through the three months that, that we were off. And I thought, you know, from our strength staff to our coaching staff, they did an incredible job of, you know, just staying in a daily touch point with our football players. I thought that really helped us navigate um, some really tough and choppy waters, not only for ourselves, but for our players. And then I think, you know, from, from the question of, you know, what's Coach Andrews brought now having him for an entire offseason, I think that's going to be really big for our football team. You know, we did miss three months of strength and conditioning training um, the months of, of March, April, and May. And, and we know the value of those three months um, can be, you know, really valuable if coordinated correctly, you know, between football and strength and conditioning. So, you know, I, I think from, from our standpoint, I think that's something we're really excited about is to be able to gain back some of those, some of those, experiences and opportunities that maybe we missed with coach Andrews and, and our strength staff, um, you know, a year ago, but I, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't know if we would have been in the position to have the success we had without what our strength staff was able to do both during quarantine and then us coming back in June and July and August, I think it's one hidden gem from last season is we stayed healthy. We were, we were able to be, we were able to be there on Saturdays and, and we were healthy and ready to play. And, you know, I think that was a huge part of, you know, Coach Andrews and I, the number one goal we had coming back was don't go too fast because our goal is let's be our best when we need to be our best and let's do a great job of taking care of the health and safety of our, our football team. And, you know, I, I think there was a great plan and, and a lot of credit to our strength staff. Yeah, shout out to Coach Dave, Coach George, Coach Greg, Coach Freddie, the whole strength staff. And then special shout out to my boy Trevor. Uh you know, when I had Coach Dave at Illinois, he was he was very intense, very demanding. But you could tell there was a difference in everybody's development while he was there. And I knew as soon as uh, y'all hired him on staff, I knew that he would get those guys right, too. Uh, yeah. But, Coach, I know after the bowl game, you know, I know you were happy to win the Fiesta Bowl and um, come out on top, something that we probably haven't done before. Um, is winning, you know, one of those type of New Year's Six Bowls. Uh, back then, it was like BCS Bowls or whatever. But what what is your mindset going into the spring and then ultimately next season? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the Zoom focus mindset is, Margie, is, is how do we grow? How do we – there is still – man, you go back, you watch every rep of last season, and you – 
you see where you, you know, maybe where you move the needle. And then also, man, there's, there's still so much, so many inches to continue to gain and grow and get better. And I, I think for, from, from that standpoint, you, you, you want to get yourself aligned. And, you know, I, I think it was aligning ourselves in terms of, you know, staffing and, and obviously vision and, you know, alignment internally. And then also saying, man, where are the strengths and weaknesses of our players in, in this football team? And then I think it's identifying those strengths and weaknesses of our own players. And, you know, I spent a lot of my time after the bowl game, number one, looking at the global picture, you know, from, from an elite, our leadership standpoint, but then also, man, how do we help our good players become great? How do we make our great players become elite? And then how do we have a plan for our guys who need total development? How do we bring those guys, man, how do we allow those guys to really grow? So, you know, I think 2021's football season will be one of the most unique seasons that anybody's going to go through. I think there's a lot of challenges coming our way. You got, you know, man, we got to play games in pods a year ago. That was awesome. Well, that's not happening anymore. You know, you got to play five weeks in a row and then seven weeks in a row. You got, you've got fans hopefully back in the stands and you got the energy and the emotion. How do you prepare for those things? And, you know, and then you, you, you look at a football team that's got a lot of experience back, but yet, man, there's still a lot of growth we need to do and we need to have. And so, you know, I think, you know, how do you service all those different things? How do you serve? How do you serve the really the guys that have proven that they can do it and then get take them to an elite level that they can do it every every Saturday to be the best version of themselves they can be? How do you get the guys that? You know, how do you get the guys that are good players? How do you get them to play at a, at a level you want them to play? And then how do you get some of these young guys who you think you got talent, who you think can help you and be prepared to play? And so, you know, I, I think we've really spent a lot of time in that area. And then I think also for our coaches, how do we grow? How do we continue to grow? And I, I still think that's one of the beautiful things of the recruiting piece of it, where we've actually had the opportunity to sit down and reflect and say fundamentally and technically, what have we done well? What haven't we done well? How do we get better? You know, sometimes we're in such a rat race in college football that, man, you go to the end of the season and the end of the season comes, you're on the road recruiting, and then you got to get to meet, you know, kind of be around your players again, where now it's been, man, we got to come back and we got to really, we got to dig a mile deep into who are we technically and fundamentally and you know, quite honestly, who are we culturally? Who are, what's our why for this year's team? You know, and I, I think that's really been where the last seven weeks have, have been. And now we've got, you know, we've got about five and a half weeks left until the end of the semester. And, you know, I think we've got great goals and aspirations to, man, continue the growth and development of this program in, you know, physically, fundamentally, and emotionally to make sure we're the best version of ourselves come 2021. Because I, I think if we don't, I think we'll be paralyzed, quite honestly. Coach, you got a five-star culture at Iowa State. Now, I know players can have all the talent in the world, but if they don't fit in, um, I know you're probably not interested. What do you look for in those young recruits, um, culture-wise, that helps them fit into your program when you recruit them? Yeah, you know, I I think for us, Cole, and and I think this has been a really good challenge, even as – know, even as we continue to grow, we can't deviate from what's allowed us to be successful because I really believe 
you know, there's, there's a formula of success in this program that says, and I've got to have enough humility to come in and be willing to, to grow and develop. And, and that has got to be our recipe for success. And so, you know, I, I, we, we know there's not quick fixes here. Um, and we know the, that quite honestly, the, the, the three value systems for us, it's always been is recruit great young men of character. You know, I, I think the character piece for me is really big. Um, you know, and, and, and sometimes that's cliche, but you know, what are you talking about? You're talking about, you know, what kind of character do you have on the football field? You know, I, to me, character is how do you respond when things don't go well? I think, you know, Cole, you know, this Marcia, you know, this man, you, our sport, unfortunately, more times than not, it's never perfect. It's not always going to happen how we want it to, but we're defined quite honestly, by how we respond to when things don't go well. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of kind of watching the videotape and I, I really don't care much about the highlight video. I want to see the game video. I want to see you, quite honestly, I want to see you fail a little bit. I want to see how you respond to it when things don't go well. Um, you know, what's your character in terms of who are you in your community? You know, I think you two um, were phenomenal ambassadors of what what the expectation of a cyclone football player looks like. How do you how do you carry yourself in this community? And you know, as as our I think as as we've grown, people, you know, man, there's a lot of eyes on on who we are and what our program is about. But man, how you carry yourself on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night in in, in Ames, Iowa, everybody's watching, right? How you how you carry yourself, you know, and how you play the game, how you carry yourself after you win, how you carry yourself after you lose. Unfortunately, everybody knows. So, you know, in this community, in this bubble, everybody knows. And I think we have worked really hard here to create a standard of excellence of doing it the right way, um, that those things are really important. So I think for me, it's digging a mile deep in terms of who a young person is in his own community. You know, I, I think the second thing for us, we look for is guys that love football. Um, you know, are you passionate? I, I, I'm probably the anti-recruiter in a lot of ways, right? And, 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 and I'll be honest because I, I'm going to be brutally honest in the recruiting process. There's 85 scholarship players. Everybody's really good. And quite honestly, um, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to play, you're going to have to prove it and you're going to have to, you know, I think you guys can both answer this question. Who's going to play here at Iowa state. It's the people that we trust. You got to be trusted and you got to earn the right to be trusted. And, you know, I, I think so from our end, you know, I, I think being very honest and, and brutally honest, could be honest with you in the recruiting process. And, you know, guys, sometimes that's hard because I think guys want to say, Man, everybody wants to hear how great you are in recruiting. And sometimes that's the misfortune in recruiting is you start to believe that you're really good and you quit developing as a junior and senior in high school because you're getting recruited. And all of a sudden you get there with false expectations and it can be really hard. So, you know, I, I think we love to find guys that are really passionate and they love football. They want to get better. They want to be recruited. And then ultimately, you know, I, I think for me, it's the guys that are lifelong learners that it's it's this collegiate experience. And it's why I love college football, because I still like developing 18 to 22 year old young men. I, I love the, my greatest passion equal to, yes, I'm competitive. I want to win, but I'm also competitive that I want our guys to walk out of here ready to stand on their own two feet and ready to be great fathers and husbands and community servants and leaders. That to me is what I really love about what I get to do in my job. And, you know, I think that's that's, you know, looking for young people that are looking for that kind of growth and development, not just we're going to put all the eggs in the football basket and let football use us, man, let's, let's help, let this, let football, you know, be a beacon of hope for our guys 
to be able to use football to get where they want to go with the rest of their lives. And so, you know, I, I think those are, those are, man, those are just lip service. Those are things when we go in the recruiting process and we're never a hundred percent, we know that, but man, those are things that we spend a lot of time trying to find guys that fit that mold for us and fit who we are and what we want to become as a football program. So part of that five-star culture and, and one of the things that has been kind of the home, one of, one of the many hallmarks of, of your tenure so far is kind of the, is continuity without rigidity, you know, keeping guys in house and know what they're doing. They're part of their bought into the whole system. Um, part of that, you know, is your coaching staff that you got alongside you. Um, and obviously you've had a lot of guys with you from the beginning. Um, but you, then you've had guys like Alex Golish or DK McDonald that have now gotten to move on to really exciting opportunities, you know, Golish and at, uh, Offensive coordinator at Tennessee, and now DK McDonald up to the NFL. What's it mean to see your to see guys that you worked with to see them start moving up to those to those really really neat opportunities? Yeah, you know, I, I think for me, and, and and this has been part of my growth process as a, again a, a young coach, and I know I don't have all the answers, so I'll be the first one to admit it. And I, I think part of my growth process has been understanding that equal part of my job is to develop our our players but equally it's to develop our coaches and to help serve them because they, they should have aspirations. They should want to continue to grow. And how can I help facilitate their growth process? And, you know, I, I do, I do really appreciate, you know, the consistency and continuity that we've been able to have and the loyalty that so much of our staff has not only given to myself, but to our program and to our young men in our program. But I, I, I love it when guys have opportunities and aspirations to fulfill their, their dreams. And, you know, that is my responsibility. And, you know, we're really proud of obviously what, what Alex has done and doing in Tennessee, and, you know, coach McDonald, you know, that coach Sirianni is my college roommate from the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, and it's like, man, how can I help these guys continue to chase their aspirations? And, um, you know, th- th- that's part of it. And then equally in house, be able to develop, our guys to continue to grow into, to be able to be ready instead of, you know, go having to feel like I, you always have to go out of, you know, kind of out of, you know, the, out of the system. And, and sometimes I think that's, that's hard in college football. You have so much transition and people coming in that don't know or understand the culture. And sometimes they're in it for themselves and so in it for the kids and for the, for the program. And I, I think, you know, that that's been equal for our end. And, you know, it's been even fun to have guys like Joel Lanning, you know, stay around and come back after his experience. And man, if you want to know about our culture, you know, here's a guy that, that, that created the culture and, you know, you, you have guys like Deandre Payne, who's man, who's man, he's had his own experiences. He's back there developing the defensive backs and Kyle Kemp. I, I, I think to me, that's been really rewarding. And then, you know, even to have coach Broomfield come back, here's a guy that stood for everything. That's excellent. You know, has had great collegiate experiences had tough collegiate experiences, but man loves this place. Those are things that have been really rewarding and watching those guys develop to, you know, March, you would know is Taylor Mauser having the opportunity to go from an off the field coach to an on the field coach. And, you know, Taylor's a guy that, that probably has as much impact as the success we've had yet, you know, and, unless you're Marchy, unless you're Cole, unless you've been in here, you, you, you wouldn't realize the impact that he's had on our program. And so I, I think for us, that's been really, it's been an enjoyable process. I think I've had to learn along the way, you know, just, just part of that, how I can be better, but it's something that I've really believed in is building in-house really promoting in-house if you have the opportunity to do so 
And then, you know, also how do you do a great job of serving your staff to help them continue to chase their goals and dreams so they're motivated every day to be the best version of themselves they can be. Coach, uh, obviously a lot of people um, know about the players on the team. Everybody knows about Brock, Brees, Mike Rose, Charlie. But I think the my most favorite player on the team is Ashim Young. And a lot of Cyclone Nation knows kind of his story, his backstory of how he, you know, his trials and tribulations and how he got to Iowa State. Um, and what I love about you the most is you kind of have a tendency of taking chances on the guys that other coaches and maybe other people uh, kind of forget about when they when they go through those trials and tribulations. So my question is, what makes you take chances on the like, quote unquote, at risk guys? Yeah, you know, I think March for me, you know, I, I and, and you know my story a little bit, you know, you know, you, you go through um, my experience going to the University of Pittsburgh, you know, going through a lot of really hard things in my life, adversity, you know, really young, you know, when my sophomore year in high school, my parents go through a really hard divorce, just, you know, I, I know that man between 16 and 18 years old, 19 years old, man, you're, you're growing and you're trying to find yourself and, to me, you know, mistakes happen and things happen in life. But I, I think when you see the heart of somebody and what they're really about, what they stand for, and a lot of times, I think, again, they need somebody to believe in them and, and believe in, you know, willing to say, you know what, man, I love you. I care about you. I'm going to I'm going to stand by you, but I'm also going to hold you accountable to a standard that you, you got to be willing to live by. And if you can't live by that standard, then you can't be here because it is still about the program and the team. But man, I, I have a great appreciation because if I look back in my life, had I not had some of the coaches and people that reached back to me during really tough and trying times, and maybe when I wasn't perfect, then I know I wouldn't be sitting where I am today. And, and it, you know, you, you talk about, man, what's your why or why you coach? Yeah, I love winning and that's all awesome. My greatest YY coach is I love helping young people chase their goals and dreams and get through really hard times because in my life, I know I wouldn't be where I'm at had I not had those coaches and mentors and people in my life. So, you know, I, I think when when I really sit down and, and that's a great question, Marge, that's really where it comes back for, for me is, man, I, I want to pay it forward because there was a lot of people that in my mind, I wouldn't be where I'm at had I not had some of those great mentors that are really critical time and, and some really tough times in my life. Speaking of another guy that's had, that's gone through quite a lot and come back from quite a lot. And that's having him currently in the middle of having himself a week is Kane Nuangu. Um, yeah. I, what does it mean to see him? You know, he had, obviously he had that, he had the kick return for a touchdown his freshman year and he's kind of then he had his he had his big injury and he's kind of battled back from that adversity and then he runs a he runs a crazy time at the forty the other day at pro day you know what's it been like to see him you know kind of rise from the ashes a little bit to become a, what's become a really re, you know he became a really really great player and yeah, seems like you know I, I think Levi that, that again a great question and I think that man what's an Iowa State Cyclone in my mind well the it's your ability and, and like I'm looking at Cole and Margie like. Cole went through really tough times his junior year. And you know what? Cole had the courage to come back from it and had an incredible senior year. Man, Marchie goes through some tough times in Illinois. I know what Marchie felt like. And we wouldn't be where we are as a program without Cole Nenton and Marchie Murdoch. Like, you can say what you want. We had great players, but these guys are glue, right? And then I, you, you talk about a guy like Kene. 
And like we we probably lose three football games this year has if after Brock's interception at TCU, Kane rips off the 60-yard touchdown run that really swings the momentum back in our favor. The next week at Oklahoma, I don't know how many plays Kane played before that kickoff return and balls in his hand, but it wasn't very many, five, six plays. And next thing you know, in the fourth quarter, when the team needs it the most, boy, it's Kane Nwongo. And then the same thing at Baylor, you know, and Kane and, and Kane's tough situation because Kane comes in as a true freshman. He's part of that class. And Cole would remember, you know, I'll never forget the game at Oklahoma. We're playing Oklahoma at home. You know, um, it's that first season. And David gets dinged up early in the game. Mike Warren doesn't play in the in the game. And, you know, and next thing you know, Kanae's in there. And Kanae's played outstanding. And and we played really well in that game. You know, we we're, we're right there, you know, through, through a good portion of that football game. And, you know, it's Kane is this freshman tailback that's kind of, you know, he's kind of given us a chance. And so, you know, I, I think one of the things that that we left that season as a freshman is like, man, we've got two tremendous tailbacks in David and Kane to build on. And we go to the offseason and Kane tears, tears his Achilles. And to, to watch this talented young man fight through injury and then, you know, he fights back and he gets himself healthy. And next thing you know, he's got a high ankle sprain and he's fighting to be the starter. He has an incredible spring two weeks, two years ago. Um, and then, man, Bruce takes off, you know. And and so, you know, and, and the thing I love about Kane is he never bitched. He never whined. He never complained. It was never, it was never, man, I, I feel like I'm getting slighted. He just kept working and he kept, kept going at his craft. And to me, he was, he was like, man, the, the picture of what our 2020 team was like, we're not who we are if Kaneo Nwangu doesn't make those three plays and doesn't have some of the opportunities and the moments that he had. And then, you know, I, I, I said to him after, you know, really after pro day is this is why you stick with it. This is why you keep grinding. This is why you keep doing what you're doing because he looks incredible right now. He had an incredible day, not only running, he had a great day catching the ball. He had a great day in his agility. He had a great day jumping. He had a great day in all the things that he needed to do. And I think he's put himself, Levi, in an unbelievable opportunity to really have great opportunities moving himself forward. But, you know, I, I, I look at our senior class, you know, you had him, you got Jaquan, who, you know, has had really good days and has, had, you know, these two can tell you, has had really tough days. You know, he, you, you look at, at guys like, you know, Dylan Saner, same thing, incredible senior, you know, has had gut-wrenching injuries that have occurred um, and derailed Dylan at times. And yet, you know, here's a guy that played his absolute best when the team needed it the most th- this year. And so, you know, I, I just think Lawrence White, I mean, Lawrence White has had the, has had incredible days and had really tough days. But, you know, I think that's where we're getting to now in our program where seniors, man, it really means something to be a senior you, you have really, you know, it's hard to be a senior in, in college athletics, especially in college football. You've gone through really tough times. If you can get to your senior year now and been in a place for four or five years and, and you've earned the right to be special. And, you know, my belief is the better your seniors play, the better football team you've got a chance to be. And so I think last year's group as a collective whole was the best that I've seen a senior class collectively really play. And, and I think that's why we were able to have some of the successes we did because our senior class led the way. And, uh, you know, today really special and I, I couldn't be prouder of them. Coach, going into this 
uh, spring season and obviously uh, next season. Um, you know me, you know, my, you know, who my guys are, you know, it's that they're the receivers, the guys that's catching the ball and also blocking and also blocking. That's right. Marcy. You, you can't also, catch it if you don't block for it. Exactly. <laughs> and also blocking for, you know, whoever, whoever has the ball, um, who are some guys that you're looking to step up this year at the wide receiver position? Yeah. You know, I, I think March, you know, last year, we dealt with a lot of things from an injury standpoint at the wide receiver position. And, you know, I, I, I would start with Tariq, you know, I, I think, you know, Tariq is, we feel like a phenomenal football talent and, you know, I think was on the verge even after a year ago coming into this season, you know, we felt like was going to be our big play guy, our go-to guy. And obviously Xavier, it was great to watch him, you know, kind of be prepared and, and ready to go and, you know, it took him a, a game or two to get going, but boy, once he did, you know, you, you found a, a, an elite football player and, you know, but, you know, you go through, through the season and man, Tariq dinged up a little bit in fall camp, you know, the, after that big play against Oklahoma breaks his collarbone, you know, and I think the toughness of Tariq, you see him come back. I mean, not many people would come back from that injury. He's back for the Texas game, has five, five catches in the Texas game. And so, you know, but never really was able to, man, have that breakout season. So I think I'm really excited for a really healthy Tariq Milton. You know, he's 192 pounds right now. He looks great. I'm really excited about where Tariq is because I think he's proven that there's videotape evidence of him making big plays and ready to go. You know, Sean Shaw, um, Sean, I I really believe has an opportunity to have a great career here. You know, I, I felt like, you know, really injuries through all the camp, um, you know, really only probably practiced two or three days in fall camp last year, um, got dinged up, you know, and so I think that really put him off kilter. You know, I think not getting those three months of development that coming off a really good rest, redshirt freshman year and missing Coach Andrews, I think really hurt Sean a little bit. And then the injuries on top of it, I, I feel like he's got the ability to really grow this offseason and I have high expectations for him, you know. And so you you look at those guys because those are the guys that have the bulk of the experience. Now, you know, I think behind that, you you talk about a young guy, Daniel Jackson, who was really coming on. And Daniel Jackson, uh, true freshman last year, had two huge, you know, had a really good game against Texas Tech, breaks his foot on, I think, his third catch of the game against Texas Tech. Um, And we feel like he's got a chance to be a really dynamic football player. And you know, I, I think you know, missed the rest of the football season, but he's back 100% healthy, really looks great so far, you know, in terms of where we're at. Um, you, you know, we know Joe Skates has got great ability. Um, Joe's ability to be consistent, um, inconsistency is is really hard right now because you got so many really good players that are consistent. You know, if Joe can, can iron out the consistency, then I think Joe's got ability to serve his his God-given ability a little bit somewhere down the road. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at some young guys, we're really excited about Jalen Knoll um, is a true freshman that came into our program, I think has already um, proven to be a guy that's worthy of, of being very excited about. Um, Easy Anderson is a big physical receiver on the outside, kind of cut out of the Hakeem and Allen and Sean Shaw mold who last year got injured, played a little bit towards the end of the year, um, you know, and was able to get on special teams. But I think we're really excited about what he brings to the table. 
Aiden Bitter um, is a is a freshman that you saw make really really great play against K State, playing on some special teams for us as a true freshman last year. Can really run run. Um, so you know, I, I feel like there's there's a lot of of really natural ability and some guys that can really run. But I think that group's got to really grow this offseason, March. You know, this is a this is a group where you know if they can take the next step. I really think it can allow our team to take another big step forward. So, you know, I, I think there's a there's a lot of attention on that group, but I also think there's a, there's guys that really got the ability to 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 do it. Um, guys that have the ability to play. You know, Darian Porter's another name. You know, that uh, a young guy that's been phenomenal for us on special teams. Um, again, a long athletic and, and a guy that can run. And, and what I like about Darian is kind of earned it because he's done a great job on special teams, March. And I think that's another thing. Super position, Man, if you're a good special teams player, you know, and, and you look at a guy like Landon who had an unbelievable senior year and you could count on Landon when you needed him the most. Well, Landon was a guy that you already know, man, he was incredible. He was great on kickoff. He was great on punt. He was great on, on a punt block team. You know, that guy equal to what Kene had has done as a senior in our football program. Landon, you can talk about his, the block punt against Baylor, and you can talk about the play that he has against TCU. Another guy that's a great example for these young receivers to say, man, if we can take our game to that level, those that's where we we have a chance to grow. So I'm excited about the receiver position. We I feel like we've got some really talented players. They're good enough, but it's the consistency and the ability to grow this offseason that that we'll find out if they're ready for the, for the lights when the lights come on. So I've got a, a similar question about the about the uh, on defense about especially about along the de- defensive line. Now you had like any any Wajrique's coming back, which is a huge huge return there. Um, but but Jaquan Bailey elected to move on go pro. Um, obviously you kind of you've got Will McDonald there and a couple of established guys there. Who do you kind of look to see as stepping up to fill Jaquan's role? Well, I mean, geez, I mean, what Will McDonald has already proven is, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're very similar football players. You know, I, I think what Will has proven is to be an elite pass rusher, but I think the, the, mis- the mistake people would make is go watch the video of him against the run. He, he is as talented against the run as he is again in the past game. And I think that part's really exciting from our end when you talk about the position he and Jaquan have played on our defense, um, you know, the, that field defensive end, end position. And, you know, I, I think there's some really exciting names. Corey Suttles, a, a, a really talented athletic defensive end who's kind of had to sit behind both of those guys, has played sparingly. Blake Peterson's a really talented football player who, again, these guys have been waiting for their time. They've been waiting for their opportunity. Um, again, athletic. Um, Cordarius Bailey, you know, is a, is a young man who has a very similar story of Kene, you know, has <laughs> tore his Achilles not once, has torn it twice, and has battled back and is finally healthy. Ran down on kickoffs for us last year at the last half of the season um, and is as, as physical and as strong as, as maybe any of the defensive linemen that we have and just pure raw strength and the ability to transition speed to power, um, maybe as good as anybody. And then, you know, you look at, you look at the boundary and you look at any, and you look at Zach Peterson and you look at Tucker Robertson, there's a lot of reps of game reps, guys that have played um, and not only played, but man, they play great football. So, you know, we're, we're excited about that group. Um, again, we think that's a group that that's, there's a lot of depth, there's a lot of guys. I, I think the battle between now and obviously through through August of you know who can be trusted, who can 
you know, what's the value of a defense alignment? The best value is can you affect the quarterback? And those guys that continue to show the ability to do those things um, are certainly going to get the bulk of the playing time. But we think there's a lot of options um, and allow us to be, you know, b- both multiple and versatile in, in what we do with that group. So I think we've got we got a good football section now. We've got the really, really tough questions where we got some we got some some fastballs coming down the plate here. Uh, Cole, right. Cole, things got one especially for you. So when they built the new facility, when I was at Iowa State, it was almost perfect. They just forgot one small, small detail. Um, so I, I need to ask: Have you built the specialists their own film room yet? You know what, Cole? My number. <laughs> I, I, I did say this. I said we can't build a new facility, and until we correct. <laughs> all the shortcomings <laughs> of the old facility. Okay. And so Cole, not only was there, there not a special team or a specialist room, there also wasn't a quarterback room. Like, like the quarterbacks are important too, Cole, you and the, you and the, hey. you and the quarterbacks probably are the most important. So I, I argue that all the time, you know, I know, but, but, but I will tell you, you'll, you'll be excited to know for the first time in the history of Iowa state. Now think about this. There'll be 10 position rooms that, 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 that each position group will have their own. Like that, that's, that's shocking. Right. Cool. I love it. You know, we missed out on that, but you know, we did, we, I think the, the best thing that we were able to do is make right on, you know, some of the areas that weren't correct in, in our old facility. So that part's exciting too. So our very own Margie Murdoch nearly a year ago claimed on Twitter that he in a one-on-one basketball game with Michael Jordan would be able to put up points on him. And I found this to be absolutely absurd. I want to get your take on this. Listen, you know, you know, I love Margie. Honestly, like maybe still to this day, till the day, till the day they put me in the ground, my favorite one of my favorite all-time Iowa State memories. You could be looking at Margie Murdoch playing playing the band and instructing the band down there in the end zone. <laughs> to, to, I, I will promise you that. All right, and I know Margie's a good basketball player, but that that statement by Margie. Here's why you love March. He's really confident. But am I going to take Michael Jordan? Am I taking Margie? I love Margie to death, but I love Michael better. <laughs> Coach, now I didn't say I was going to win. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. There's no way Michael Jordan is beating me in a one-on-one and I score zero points. You know, I, March, I feel like you're, you're doing this. You're saying this to enhance your opportunity to get to meet Michael. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I, I know you're smart enough to do that, March. That's what I appreciate, Mike. Yes, sir. He's been fighting me yeah, on this for like six months now. I don't every, – every time I'm telling like, March, you are not scoring on Michael Jordan. Right now, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm scoring on Michael Jordan. Prime Michael Jordan. Look. All you need is one basket. That's why I love you. That's why I appreciate you. I, I believe. I believe one of his replies was one time he's he ain't God. I don't know. I could score on him. <laughs> saying, the, ball, the ball. I mean, how many crazy shots have we seen in March Madness? That, hey, how did yeah. it go in? Why can't I have one of those? Why can't the March Madness put one in the bucket? Yeah. The problem is you have to score one before he scores eleven. Right. That's that's which that's there's the, no way. That's the mountain see, to climb. No way. <laughs> if he was playing to a hundred, no. maybe. No. See, see, see. The, and, now, and now the voice of reason March comes in. You know what I mean? That, that, that's why I, I, I understand how this podcast works. Now. I that. But coach, you also know I'm a master negotiator. I, I mean, hey, no way we're playing. Make it, March. take it. As good as there is. So, Coach, 
you're kind of a famous guy for the hat you wear. You <laughs> still, are you still going to wear the same hat? Or are you ever going to get a new one? No, <laughs> we, we, we keep the same hat. I mean, you, you and I know that. No, you know, now, now every year we, we start a new though. Like it's the same brand, okay. same hat, but every year it's a new, it, it is new. Okay. I, I do have some cleanliness to me, Mark. Okay, because sometimes, Coach, it like, you know. I know. September, I know. Hey. September October, we're good. Once it hits November, it's kind of. It, it depends uh, on my stress uh, my stress level, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times am I rubbing it? How many right, right, right. Yeah. I, I know how it is. I mean, last November you had a, you know, it was, it was pretty stress-free. Yeah, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't yeah. as bad. I, I bet stress-free I, is the word he would use to describe it too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, I was, I was stressed watching until the end of the game. So until the end of the game, yeah. I, I, Hey, March, I, my wife keeps saying, is there ever going to be a point where like, we can like enjoy some of these games? And I, you know I what I mean? Now <laughs> nah, 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 coach, I, it was a couple games. I enjoyed, you know, I'm going to tell you my favorite games, Kansas state, much. You know Kansas mm-hmm. State and the reason why that I lo- I just you know why. Yeah. Texas, I was there. You were there, Mark. I was there in the stands yeah. with like a hundred other people because <laughs> it was it wasn't the same like when I had played or at yeah. the time before that that we had uh that y'all had played there. It was like it was kind of quiet. Archie sent me a snap after the game. I literally thought he was going to like he was jumping around. I thought he was gonna fall down the bleachers all the way down onto me? the field. No, yeah, uh, it was a it was a unique environment being in that place, you know, not being full for sure. Yeah, it was it was definitely different. And when he kicked it, I I'm I'm not kidding you. I literally thought that's going in. Like, how is he for to make a 57 yard kick? Like, I knew he was really good. Yeah, yeah, what an impressive player he was, right, Cole? Like, holy smokes, man! A lot of respect for him from my end for sure. Man. Speaking of your hat, um, how do you get the curve to stay there? I used to take a glove and put rubber bands around it when I played baseball and throw it in the oven. Is that kind of what you do, or what's your trick with that? <laughs> no, Mark. No, Cole. Like, here's the deal on that. Literally, and I, I put it around and I put it in the back hat, right? And I just leave it there, you know, for for a day or two, and then and then we're good. You know, we're good. And then there's a lot of Love squeezing it. of it. As the season goes, it feels overset. I feel, I feel cheated out of that. I'm not that smart. You know what I mean? I feel, I feel yeah, cheated out of that answer. I was looking for like some insider tip, and all I got was put in your back pocket. Like, yeah, you just got to bend it backwards. Yeah, no, I, I, I wish I had better for you on that one. Um, so being an Ohio guy, I actually lived in Ohio uh, by Middletown there for a little while. Um, so I have to get your question. I have to get your opinion on this because this seems to be a, a divisive of opinion of, a, of especially of people from not from Ohio. Um, are you a fan of Skyline Chili? Yeah, you know that that's more Cincinnati though. Leroy. It, it is. It I mean? is. That's like, that's fair. It, yeah. it, and, and sometimes Cincinnati, you know, like do you claim it in Ohio? Sometimes you do. Sometimes <laughs> you don't. So you know, it just it just depends. You know, and, and I know David will get all upset about that. You know, it was Shante. Yeah, you know, Marsh like. The, but the skyline thing—it's—it's it's more a unique to the Cincinnati area than That's it true. is yeah. to to maybe the heart of Ohioans, you know, okay. those Northeast Ohioans. That's fair. Yeah. It, explain skyline chili because when you told me for the first time, I didn't believe it was a real thing. 
Yeah, you know, like, well, cool. I mean, you're, you're talking about the Coney dog, right? Like you're, you're talking an expansion of a Coney dog, right? You got the hot dog, you got the you got the chili on top, and then you got every topping known to mankind. Great business model, awesome business model. It's got its own 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 niche, but you know, like you, you I think you got to be a Cincinnatian to like truly love it. I don't know if that's a true Ohio. Ohio that, well, that's fair. That's that's I suppose that's fair. I was I was close enough to Cincinnati. I kind of got attuned to. Yeah. It. Oh yeah. <laughs> in, in the middle town. Yeah. You're you're right there. Yeah. Right there. Um. Yeah. So. Oh. So. One of one of the uh, the guys that has uh, the the incoming freshman that has some of those ridiculous high school film I've ever seen in my life um, is Howard Brown. Um, is there any chance we can get like a a, a refrigerator package for him on offense sometime? Or man, th- Levi, th- this Howard Brown <laughs> from the day he's been here has been like trying to like smooth his way up and down. He reminds me of Mark. He's, he's smoothing his way up and down the offense, he's trying to get the ball in his hand. You know, and it's like, hey, we, we better learn how to play. We better learn how to play defensive tackle first, and then maybe we'll get there. But. You know, Howard, Howard's been an early enrollee and we've been really fired up about him. He, uh, man, he's got an incredible personality. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, the athleticism for him to do what he's doing, quite honestly, at quarterback, because it's not like he's just playing there and not not having success like he was. He was outstanding. You know, he had the ability to run the ball, he had the ability to throw it. And, you know, you know, we like to be creative between me and Coach Manning. We like to have a little bit of fun. So we, we may see that guy somewhere down the line. That warms my heart. I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, oh, yeah. this is this is my last segment before, or my last question before. You know, I got to go into my begging segment. Uh, <laughs> coach, so I saw what our AD's doing with the, or Jamie Pollard's doing with um, the bridge uh, that's connecting with the season ticket holders. I believe um, he's also doing. He's also preparing for a arts district, or I guess in a sense for the to connect the football and basketball arena. Levi, I hope I'm right. You're, you're getting pretty close. It's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Because my thoughts when I saw that was Ames is going to be crazy <laughs> on game days. And so, yeah. what, are, what are your kind of thoughts on you know the new projects that the AD has for us? Yeah, you know, I, I I think there's a sincere appreciation, you know, from my end that, you know, I, I do really believe from our leadership team here, from our president to obviously Jamie Pollard, that there is a sincere, you know, how do we get back to our fan base and how do we continue to take take all of our athletic department to, you know, continue to grow it and continue to make it a really special place to be and. You know, I, I, I know there's just a genuine excitement about what we've been able to do in terms of our growth process, even even with our new facility, which is going to be great, not just for the football team, but really for all of our student athletes, you know, to man, the ability to help our fan base out. I think even the new stadium, you know, kind of what's going on with this facility and kind of the ability to, you know, change the the south end zone is going to be really, really a positive piece of it. I think that'll, I think, you know, when you guys get in Jack Trice Stadium, it's a really special view now when you're on the 50-yard line and you can look at both ends and, and you're, man, you're really impressed with what's going on too. You know, to, to Marchie, I think some of those, those ideas of the bridge and then obviously, you know, kind of like almost like what they get in Kansas City, uh, uh, you know, I think, 
a power and light district somewhere down the line? Can you have something like that that connects basketball and football and, and really creates the basketball environment and continues to add to that? And then the football environment continue to add to that. So, you know, I, I think the first thing you have to have is you got to have an incredible fan base. And as you two know, you know, I mean, you're, you're talking about one of the best fan bases in all of college athletics. And so, you know, I think the ability to continue to help them and continue to create it to be a really special place. Um, I'm all for, you know, the ability to, to continue to make those environments really special. So if you could choose, if you had to choose one place in Ames to eat for the rest of your life, which mm-hmm. place would it be? Besides Man. just us, because we know yeah. we know that would be number one. <laughs> Man, Cole, that that that's that's a tough one. The, you know, the, it, it's it's really tough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's going to be Fuji, of course. Oh, man. I, well, <laughs> if you asked our players, Marsh, hey, Marsh, and here, here's what you'll appreciate. All those knuckleheads are back for Pro Day. You know where they went to eat after? They went to Fuji. Yeah, they went to Saturdays. Fuji. Saturdays, you get that cheap, that cheap Fuji meal, man. That was yeah. clutch. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, that, that's cool. I don't know. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to plead the fit. There, there's too many good places for me from my standpoint of it because – you know, we, we got good Italian. We got good. We, we got some really good places around here. There's a lot of good places for me. I, I don't want to single out just one. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, this is like a little bit less goofy, but kind of an interesting off topic question sort of is that every, you know, every off season you have all your guys read a, read a book or something like, I know you, you have been doing that anyways. What's the, what's the summer's book? Yeah. You know, I, the first one that we started out with so far and that I gave to our leadership team is a book that that's, and I'm looking to see if I got it here with me, but it's stillness is the key. And, um, you know, it, it came out last year, right during quarantine. And one of the most powerful books that I've read in a long time. And, you know, it's, uh, not, not a super long book. Um, I've read the author is, is phenomenal. And, you know, it's it's one of those books that I gave to our leadership team about two weeks ago. And, you know, it's, it's been really, really positive. Even the feedback that our kids have given to me, I got it for our staff last year during quarantine um, after I read it. And, you know, I think it's just a, an opportunity that really talks about finding number one, finding your why. Number two, finding the ability to create still moments so you can become the best version of yourself that you can be. And that, as a matter of fact, obviously in parallel with where quarantine is and what's happened, um, you know, what have we learned from this and how do we grow from this? So, um, you know, but that, that is the book for, for our leadership team so far. Awesome. Coach. Hey coach, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there for the Iowa game. I'm going to try and be there for the Vegas game. Now I ain't gonna be in the hotel. I figure, I figure you. I figure you get in on that, Mark. <laughs> hey, the last last time I saw Marchi in person was the bowl game. What two years ago? Uh, Alamo Bowl. Alamo Bowl. Yeah, yeah. We all hung out at the Alamo Bowl. That was, yeah. that was, and that was at that was like two, or three a.m. That was that was early in the out, morning. Out, yeah. out walking. Out walking around. I'm like, Sam Marchi, yeah. Very, yeah. vaguely Cole, remember I that encounter. If it was out that lady, should have been sleeping. Nothing yeah. happens no, after that. See, coach, see, coach. I had to enjoy the festivities. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Know, you. I didn't. I never got that chance. We was yeah. in the hotel. It's true. You know, we were. Our minds was. I appreciate you. Know, you're right, March. It's time so, to enjoy. I'm so glad. I just, so I just tried to enjoy myself. But coach, I'm coming to the games. Uh, I think I'm gonna bring my pops to the Iowa game. 
uh, Vegas. Hey, I, I, mom should be coming to one of these oh, games because I know she. Yeah. Mom's mom just texted me and said, "Tell Coach Campbell I love him." Like, all right, see, she loves you. I, I, I know, I know who the real rock star in the Murdoch family <laughs> yes. is, so I'm good. Yes, but Coach, I, I got, I got some gear, but you know, it's kind of. They kind of ripping off a little bit, you know. I got some people from other colleges talking. Like, Mark, you already said you already sent me your address. I told you, I, I got a care package coming your way, man. You know what I mean? You don't have that's to say anymore. I got you ready to coach. Rock. That's why you, my dog, man. For real. I really, hey, I really appreciate you, coach, for real. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. We appreciate you coming. You know, I guess I didn't, I didn't, I was unfortunately not blessed with the athletic talent to, to play at Iowa State. But for, like I said, someone that grew up at deep, deep in Eastern Iowa and, and uh, deep in hot country, you know, it's, and, and was here for a lot of, a lot of seasons that weren't great. Uh, but, you know, I, I do want to tell you personally from me and from, I know a lot of other Cyclone fans is thank you for everything that you've done for us so far. And we're extraordinarily excited to see where everything keeps going from here. So. Well, I, Levi, I appreciate you saying it. And Cole and March, I, I'm really proud of you guys. Obviously, this program wouldn't be where it is without you two. And so really appreciate you guys both a bunch. And Levi, it's great to 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 see you again and obviously spend some time with you tonight. But uh, we really appreciate everything you guys do for us. And obviously, anything I can do going forward, let me know. But thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So All right, appreciate guys. it, Have a Coach. Night. Thanks, All right. Coach. Bye-bye. All right, so that was Matt Campbell. Man, that was great. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's my dog, man. Yeah, <laughs> love that dude. All right, so we're gonna wrap it up for this week. You know, now that we're at the end of the episode and everyone's still listening, anyways, we should say thank you to our sponsors at Estas Bar and Grill in Ames. They they've been here with us from the gate. We Cole, uh, say, was it Cole that you did a you did a good job plugging them in the middle there. I tried. Yeah, you I did. Tried. You, you yeah, did. Yeah, you yeah. plugged them, man. That's that's. <laughs> I, hey, we're here. We're here for our yeah, spot. We're helping right. them out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we want to say thank you to Estas Bar and Grill, and uh, you know for everything that they've done. Obviously, you can always go there. They've still got their great drink specials. Their Taco Tuesday. They've got Burger Wednesday, and they've got their FAC specials and everything like that. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you are well aware of all the excellent stuff Estas has got for you. So definitely head on down there. When you're ready. So for Marchie Murdoch, all-time leading scorer at Iowa State, Cole Netton. That's another 10 bucks for me. Uh, <laughs> everybody, I'm Levi Stevenson. Everybody have a great rest of your day, a great weekend. Go Cyclones.